0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Hi. As you have a moment. Maybe, um, so I know you guys have been here a few times. Corey, you've had more practice in the past. You've been to IMC. This is your first time. Have you done any meditation um, before? Of different, of any kind. No. Not, not really. Great. Perfect. Glad you're here. And your name is Kevin, Kevin right? Okay. And um, I'm really bad with names. I know your faith, Michael. Michael's been here. Hi, Roseanne. Good to see you. Welcome. To, if you feel like you want to join the circle, feel free. You can also stay right where you are. Yeah. So.
1: Maybe since we're a small group, we can just start with names. Um, Tanya has already introduced herself a little bit. Um, my name is Dawn, Dawn Neal. Um, maybe just go around. Nathan? Okay. Michael?
2: Michael? Kevin? Kevin? Dana. Dana? Debbie?
0: Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Welcome, all of you. And we have Sally managing. Thank you, Sally. And Richard recording. Yeah.
1: And for those of you who haven't been here before, there are two bathrooms, three bathrooms in the back over there. So please feel free to get up if you need to. And yourself. There's also water over there.
0: So is it? um, It's our custom to take off our masks when teaching. It makes it a little bit easier for people. Um, But first, before I do that, I want to make sure there's nobody that has concerns about being in a space with somebody unmasked. We do have fans going, but we have filters filters going. going. We have
1: filters going.
0: Is anybody uncomfortable?
1: That one isn't working, but um, all of the others in the room are. So. We have several stand-alones, and then we also have a HEPA filtration system that is going that has um, sterilization in it. That is running right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we do unmask, it will just be the teachers unmasked. Everyone else in the group will stay masked. That's how we keep it safe. So. Could we get an opt-in if people are okay with the two of us being unmasked? Okay. Okay.
0: So welcome. I'll get us started. Um, And I also want to welcome people on YouTube. I have some friends watching right now. Glad you're there. And I know there's some other people who had, you know, communicated uh, with IMC about attending YouTube. So um, Richard will be checking the chat uh, for questions at specific times and writing the questions down. And we'll try and answer them as we can for those folks on YouTube. Um, uh, So I think... One thing that is really important for me to acknowledge about this space is that, um, Insight Meditation Center and everything that's offered here is, um, all part of, um, a result of generosity. And that this space, um, is, exists because of generosity. Uh, the teachings exist because of generosity. The, um, maintenance of the place exists because of volunteers it's all volunteer and there's no such thing as you know um, membership application you're a member if you want to be and um, it's really it's really your choice to engage um, in the center as much as you wish so we're all the caretakers of the space it belongs to all of us Another thing that feels important to say for people um, often, hi, come on in, is that um, the series that Don and I are are teaching, it's a series that's taught in a particular way, in a particular order, that's kind of a tradition for the Western Vipassana insight meditation community. And um, we it is you know meditation comes from Buddhism and other kinds of you know I mean there's a lot of traditions that have meditation in some form or prayer or another um, but we'll talk some about Buddhism, but not a lot. You don't have to be Buddhist to be here or to practice meditation so. I say that because some people find it very helpful to know you don't need to leave any of your beliefs or practices outside of this space. You can bring them, keep them, and utilize the meditation practice in a way that works for you. So, Medi- Meditation can be engaged with without Buddhism, but Buddhism can't be engaged with without meditation. And kind of a simple, um, simple way to talk about what meditation is. One, one. I'll give you a few things, but just one simple thing to start is: it's about having intimacy with our experience, with our lives. It's about kind of being connected to and aware of, rather than sort of the analytical thinking about our lives. It's a much more of a direct experience, meditation and the practice. It's about coming into intimacy, direct connection with our present moment experience, which is most easily found through our senses. Touch, smell, sight, Sensations in the body, hearing, sound, you know, sort of helping us just right now, even as I say that, orienting toward these experiences of feeling, hearing, sensing, breathing, seeing. Can you notice anything shifting in yourself? as you bring more awareness into those experiences. For me, I do. And it does feel something a little bit simpler and more intimate with myself and even with you right now. Another word that I like um, to use to talk about mindfulness practice meditation Um, it's about choice having choice helping us be aware in a way that um, maybe less of an automatic pilot way of being in the world more choiceful as a result also it's maybe another way is to think about the difference between responding to something versus reacting. In this practice, we're learning how to be with and respond to life instead of react. And by reaction, I don't just mean externally, I mean even reacting to our internal experiences the dialogue, the judgments, the thoughts, the images, the memories, all the things that happen in our mind, when we're reactive to them, we can get carried away, carried downstream, carried into a movie, in a movie starring guess who. <laughs> and... Um, it just creates this constant intensity of reaction. Having rehearsal conversations, reaction conversations, all of this stuff that tends to make our lives a little bit more, I don't know, difficult actually, I think, complicated. One other thing I'll say... um, is that there's a, in Buddhism and in this practice, there's an invitation toward non-harming. And this is also connected to this idea of non-reactivity. That our, you know, one of the aspirations of the, the Buddha in this practice is to not harm ourselves, not harm others, and not harm both. So never, we never leave out the other and we never leave out ourselves. It's always... You know, our goal is not to harm, not to harm. And so that's just sort of like to help you orient toward why, why we're doing this practice, you know, what we're hoping to help you experience. Don is going to talk about how to take care of our body and postures and things for sitting, meditation.
1: Thank you, Tanya. Yes, so non-harming begins at home. And this is home. So I'm going to go through three of the four major postures. The four postures associated with meditation, classically in the Buddha's teachings, are sitting, standing, walking, and lying down. We're going to cover walking meditation in a lot more detail in a few weeks. I'm going to go through the other three because those are one of those three or possibly more than one are going to be um, how you will spend your time meditating. So I'll start with a few basic principles, whether you're sitting, standing, or lying down. There's a principle of balance. We're always looking for a balance between relaxation and alertness. So comfort and energy, relaxation and alertness. The second principle is that you should be able to breathe easily. So that means having a posture that allows your chest and your lungs to be open, regardless of anything else about it. And um, the third is a sense of softness. So you can soften your eyes, soften your tongue soften your belly all of those things promote a parasympathetic relaxation response through the whole body and that's very helpful to meditation and then there's um, a few details with sort of your eyes that I'll show you probably in profile as well as up front First is, when you soften your eyes, what I mean by that is to let the world come to you. So right now, all of you, most of you, are looking at me. If you were to relax your gaze and allow the whole room to be in your gaze without any central point in it, that's a soft gaze. So the peripheral is as important as the center. You're not hard-focused on anything. You might be able to feel it a little bit in your face or behind your eyes, the difference it makes just to do that. So many of us spend all day glaring at a screen, right? So, I'm going to show you in a chair first. You can kind of see me now. I'll just show a little bit here. A base is really important. So no matter how you're sitting having your feet connected to the earth or the cushion in some way. So that's more helpful than this or this or this, if you can manage it. So that can require props. Um, These chairs don't work for all sizes of people. We have a lot of cushions. I'll show you where they are in a few minutes. The second principle is to have your spine aligned. So I'm going to show you from the front first one way to kind of start to get your spine aligned and this is an old Zen trick is to rock back and forth a little bit left to right on your hip points and then find center like the weight evenly distributed between your two buttocks and then forward and back just a little bit like you're a pendulum and again you'll find center And then the ears, roughly aligned over the shoulders. And you can imagine a string coming from the top of your head, upward to the sky. Ever such a slight chin tilt. And I'll show you from the side as well. So I'm not going to use the cushions for the moment. But the idea here is that you want your hips a little bit higher than your knees, and that may take some cushion adjustment. And for those of us with short legs, it's going to be different than those of us with long legs, etc. You don't want too much pressure here. I actually fainted once from that, so, you know, be careful. And you can use as many cushions as you need to behind your lower back or under your feet to kind of adjust. But the basic principle is to have a natural curve in your lumbar spine here and in your cervical spine. So um, meditating like this or like this is going to give you neck problems and headaches. Okay. I'm exaggerating, of course. But again, the the thread up from the top of the skull, crown of the head, chin tucked just a little, Eyes soft, down at a 45 degree angle And then closing the eyes Your hands can be natural on your lap You can put them on a cushion as I have them now You can put them on each other But to choose a a way that feels restful Many of us in chairs find it's helpful to have a cushion or two behind the lumbar spine Especially if you've got back problems But it's often helpful to have the upper spine separate from the chair. you can see there might be ever such a slight lift in the chest, too, not to torque your upper back, but just to allow. You can feel like an absence of slump. If you take a deep breath, you can feel that your lungs can fill easily. And that's super helpful. Last note here is that the mouth, you it's hard in masks, sorry, if you open your eyes, open your jaws as if you're going to yawn a little bit, and float your lips together, your teeth can either be just barely touching or not even touching, and then the tip of the tongue can rest behind the teeth, the top of the mouth, the palate, and relax the rest of the tongue. And that will provoke a relaxation response as well. When your eyes are closed, you can either leave them at that 45-degree angle or slightly, almost like you're looking back at yourself. I think was almost looking down at my own heart. Just a little. Don't strain anything. But that relaxes the eyes and the optical nerve, the whole nervous system. So those are the basics. I'm going to show you on a cushion and a bench now. So hopefully um, we can adjust the camera so that it's easy for the people on YouTube to see. So I don't sit on a bench very often. I'll just be very honest about that. So you're not going to see the best bench sitting. But the idea here, again, is that the hips are higher than the knees. You're stable, right? And um, you can take a cushion, either one of these or one of these little ones, if your hands don't rest comfortably like this. And this, for many people, is a very stable posture and it's helpful for a lot of people with back problems, actually. My preferred version is what is called in Zen circles, Seiza. So you take your Zafu, that's this little round cushion. You stick it between your legs and you sit on it. And this just works better for my body. You can stack other cushions underneath it if it's not tall enough for you and that'll work fine. So there. And then the last one I'm going to show frontally if I can keep my microphone on my ear. Excuse me. So the last style of sitting that is accessible to most of us is called either Taylor style or Burmese style. And it is sitting one leg in front of the other like this. If your knees do not touch the ground, you can use those little black support cushions to support them. If your knees really don't touch the ground, I suggest using more than one Zathu underneath and getting higher. Or you can put it on its end like this and sit. But again, the principle is that your hips should be higher than your knees. And this helps prevent all kinds of hip issues, hip strain, knee strain. There are tricks to getting in and out. Placing. You want to avoid torquing your knees in this process. So... That's the basics. There are also lotus and half-lotus position. My body doesn't do them anymore, so I'm not going to demonstrate them, but there are plenty of examples online, particularly in yoga areas, yoga poses. So, those are the basics of posture. And... um, if any of you recognized during that that you need extra support, you can dash out and get yourself a support cushion right around on the yeah, other side go, of this go. wall.
0: Thank you, Don. That's a lot to take in, right? Um, and very, very nicely shared. Thank you. So, um, I'm going to take a little bit of time to talk about the first. Sort of, we teach mindfulness meditation in a progressive order. And so, the first week, we teach about mindfulness of breathing. Next week, we'll teach about mindfulness of body. The third week, mindfulness of emotions. The fourth week, mindfulness of thinking. And then the fifth week will be mindfulness in daily life and open awareness practice. And so, you know, does that mean I'm asking you to sit here tonight and not have emotions, thoughts, um, or have body sensations? No, not at all. You're going to have all these things. What I want to invite you to do tonight and for this week, because it, it, it builds it's like, you know, building connection with your breath this week. Like befriending your breath this week. Like bringing it with you everywhere you go. Like really getting to know breathing. And and then next week we'll do that with the body. And sort of kind of taking time, like going to tea with somebody and getting to know them better, right? Sort of just spending time with being aware of your breathing. And so it's more of a preferencing, your awareness, um, toward the breathing, this practice, this week, right, this part. And the thing about the breathing and the reason we start with breathing, there's a few reasons. One is that um, it's very helpful to pay attention to something that's changing, that has a rhythm, and everything is changing, but the breath changes. You know, there's this kind of constant flow of in and out. And it can be felt a lot in many ways in the body, right? And we want kind of, you know, this idea of non-reactivity um, that we're trying to grow in meditation. It's, it's helpful to stay oriented, Right, it's easy to get lost in our experience and our thinking, and so we talk about sort of having a um, an anchor in our meditation um, or a tether for our meditation, and and we're we're what we're gonna do this week is practice using breath in that way if it's accessible to you, it's sort of like. You know, the idea of an anchor is it kind of helps you not drift out to sea, right? Um, The idea of a tether, like sort of something that holds you, you know, holds you in close so you stay oriented, right? Um, So we use these weird words like object of attention or your primary anchor, um, object of attention is really just sort of what are you paying attention to? What is what is primary in your awareness? Anchor is referencing this idea of something that helps you stay connected to the present moment. As I was mentioning earlier, the sensations—right, seeing, hearing, sounding, touching—you know, feeling—these things are happening here and, and are, are experienceable easily. You know? And so the breath is one of those things that can help us stay more connected to the present moment. So we start with the breath. If you have difficulty being aware of breathing, um, you know, it's not a problem if you can't really be aware of your breathing very well. So just know that. And you can, probably the easiest thing is just the alternate for right now would just be to be aware of your hand or your body sensations. Use, use something in your physical experience instead if somehow the breathing is hard for you. But ideally we practice with the breath this week and then next week we shift to the body and we grow and expand. Again, this is not to say you won't have everything else happening. I just want to invite you now also to just answer silently in your own mind. Why do you want to learn how to meditate? Why are you here? Let's see what answer comes up for you. And whatever reason it is, you know, it's a wonderful reason you're here. We're glad you're here. And... See if you can hold it close but loosely. Sometimes if we get too attached to what we think is going to happen for us, we we get focused on trying to make something happen instead of experiencing what's happening. So bringing a sense of curiosity And remembering this idea of non-reactivity, like, how can I just become like, you know how naturalists, you know what a naturalist is? It's somebody like who's a scientist and they go into nature, usually nature could be, you know, and they sit down and they try not to interfere with what's happening. They try and just observe just to learn, to take it in, to to become more aware. And so can we become naturalists, be curious about our own experience, our own meditation, our own breath, our own trouble having awareness of breathing even? Can we be curious? And just sort of like, we don't need to judge it. We don't need to change it. We want to learn. We want to be open and curious and staying connected to what are we seeing? What is happening? You know, it's said in the Buddha's teaching in the Majjhima Nikaya as one of the canons of the Buddha's stories and discourses, and it says the purpose of meditation in which we consciously develop mindfulness and discernment is to master and understand the skillful use of the mind. So we're learning about our minds. We're learning how to be with our mind, how to direct our attention. So Dawn said something incredibly important when she started talking about um, this, you know... Learning how to take care of ourselves at home, and a home is in the body, right? So when we meditate, we are coming home. We're bringing our awareness to our home. And so our body is really, we're served well if our body is comfortable. Now, if we're too comfortable, we'll probably fall asleep. So that's why we work on this kind of combination of alert but relaxed. So it's finding the right balance. And sometimes sometimes um, we have to be more relaxed because we're emotionally so tense or our mind is so busy. So, you know, your posture might change a bit from time to time, right? You might need to sit on the floor sometimes, sit on the chair another time, you know, But coming into this space, into inhabiting your body, that's how we start. And our bodies know how to breathe. We don't have to make ourselves breathe. We get to just watch. Watch what happens. And so we're going to move into a guided meditation here as I am um, talking, We're, I'm already sort of starting in that way. So feeling your bodies, finding that posture, remembering maybe some of these things that Dawn taught us so beautifully, like oh, the softening. you know oh, letting the eyes, oh, just sort of ah, receive, right. And then drop down at a 45 degree angle. And if you're comfortable closing your eyes and feeling that lift from the top of the head, feeling that there's a little bit of a curve in the small of the back and behind your neck, letting your hands rest comfortably. And this idea of um, opening the chest. So for me, I actually literally like to lift my shoulders up and roll my elbows back toward each other when I sit down. Just actually kind of a counter-stretch to what we typically are doing in our lives with phones and computers and driving. And then just press the elbows down to your side and kind of, Rest your hands again. And here we are, we get to witness a breath. So all we need to do is is very simple, but maybe not always easy. Just to be here in this room, in this moment, in this body, with a breath. Breath. Just one breath at a time. Don't worry about how many breaths, you know, or how long, just ah, uh, right here. And I find it helpful to be kind of clear with myself, to be clear with the mind. Okay, this is a period of meditation. May my mind and body align with my awareness and come here into this moment and help me be aware of breathing. can i give myself permission to not need to do anything else right now no. maybe to tell myself that it's okay if thoughts or things come up to bow to them and say yes i'll i'll come back to you if it's possible for right now can i be with breathing giving ourselves permission to be, to receive our experience, not having to make anything happen. We don't need to have any particular experience. Just be intimate with your experience as it unfolds here. And allow the breath to sort of be in the center of it all. during this meditation period, I'm gonna point you to pay attention to different aspects of breathing, just to orient you, just to help you. It's not that you have to do all of these things, it's just to help you connect more fully. So you might start by noticing the feeling of the breath on the nostrils. What is there to feel here with the nostrils? Can you notice the feeling of the breath kind of touching the inside of the nose? Noticing the difference between the feeling of the inhale and the exhale. Might notice it's a little bit more less um, less clear with the masks on, but you you can still feel the difference in the temperature of the breath on the inhale and the exhale. Can you feel the breath um, on the area just below the nose, on the upper lip? Maybe in the throat, the back of the throat. Let's bring our awareness into our bellies. And if you'd like, you might even place your hands over your belly, your belly button area. And just give yourself permission to let your belly relax. Let it hang out. And see if you can feel your belly expand with your inhale. Inhale. You might need to give yourself a little permission or a little help to bring your breath into your belly. A lot of us don't do belly breathing. We breathe higher in our chest. So maybe just imagine with the inhale, your belly button pressing your hand out as your belly expands. And with the exhale, the hand pressing into the belly as your belly button reaches towards your spine. So this conscious breathing for a moment, just to help open up the diaphragm, the belly, just taking a few more intentional, deeper breaths to help us feel that flow in the belly. Give ourselves permission for the belly to breathe in and expand. And then just allowing the breathing to return to its own natural state, however that is. And just noticing again the belly now and see if it's a little easier to feel the breath in the belly. noticing also your chest. Can you feel the chest and the shoulders, maybe even the ribs, expanding with the breath? And how how does this part of your body feel when it's being breathed? So we've been spending time kind of knowing different parts of where the body and the breath are impacted by each other. Now it might be interesting to sort of hold, hold it all a little bit broader. Sort of allowing yourself to feel the whole sense of flowing the breath coming in and going out. Just seeing whatever sensations come into your awareness. More of a receptive experience than trying to focus in. giving our awareness to the sensations associated with breathing and just knowing that you're aware of it that's all very simple, very light soft and when the mind gets distracted and you recognize it great, no problem You can't meditate, you know, have a wrong experience. Just being aware. Aware of what's happening. And letting the breath help you. You know, it's possible to just sort of almost breathe through your thinking or breathe through a sensation or emotion. So if other things are coming up, that's okay. Just see if you can't. Just sort of let them be there and let the breath flow right through. One breath, two breaths, three breaths in a row. So we have a few minutes now for questions and for reflections. We'd, be, we'd love to hear how that was for you. What did you notice? Is anybody willing? And we have mics in the room. There's two on the floor. Maybe you, Sally, and um, you could pick them up and turn them on. And, um Ann Rose, is that your hand up? No, no, okay, yeah, great. That'd be great. Get us going. Is it on?
2: is good evening, thank you uh Tanya. Don um I noticed that whenever i my attention had deviated from the breath, I just had just gave myself gentle reminders. Uh, beyond that I just I'm trying to focus more on awareness without forcing Mm -hmm. it and that's been kind of challenging but um, knowing that I have been doing that has also been helpful so just trying to start 2023 with like okay let me just breathe then rather than forcing everything to be calm so yes Mm. thank you is there any
0: anything that, question or any comment that you want? Um, I, this question
2: is for Dawn regarding the, the like you said, the tongue position-wise. Where? <laughs> Behind the teeth? Because I, I had never
1: heard of that before. So. Yeah, I threw a lot at you guys. Yeah. Um, so you don't need to worry too much about it, but there's, um, if you roll your tongue along the inside of your top teeth you'll feel some gum that sort of um, shelves off and then starts to go up into your palate. If you touch your tongue on that little shelf right behind your teeth or wherever it's comfortable for you, but the idea is that that, very gently touching it there, tends to relax the rest of the tongue. The tongue is actually quite a long muscle. And it is one of the... um, Muscles we can relax That gives the rest of our body a hint to relax So experiment and find the right spot for you Some people actually like to have it On the back of their teeth But I tend to bite my tongue if I do that So you might want it a little
2: further back Thank you Thank you for the question
3: Thank you so much I was interesting tonight Because I started nodding off Um, That doesn't Happen that often? I guess maybe it's tonight, but it really took me out of the practice for sure. When I, you know, I like kind of lose balance, or so. Yeah, just any tips on that, or maybe should I just this time maybe be just keep my eyes open, or because I was really I was starting to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I think you said something wonderful there. Just open your eyes, right? And um, and. And okay, so tonight the naturalist observed sleepiness. Right? So um was it okay? Was it okay to be sleepy?
3: I think oh yeah, I don't I think I judged it as not okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like okay, I need to get some fruitfulness out of this, you know. And yeah. I can't be falling asleep. Yeah. yeah so interesting.
0: Yeah. And you know, I mean, obviously, if we drift off to a nap and la la land, it's not really practicing. But there's a lot to be to observe about being sleepy. You know, there's there's stuff to learn there. Like a naturalist would want to know about what happens with sleep, all 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 of it. And the trick is finding that interest and enough awareness so you don't just drift into the foggy land, right? But yeah, it doesn't have to be bad or you know a failure. It's like yeah, this is a big part of our life is sleep. Yeah, does that feel helpful?
3: I'll keep my eyes open tonight. Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. Standing up, you know, taking your coat off. It's a little for me. It's a little warm in here tonight, so. You know, that that makes it harder for me um, to stay alert. Yeah. Great.
3: From uh, Margie,
1: how can we deal with tension in the face during meditation that is hard to release and very distracting? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You want to take that one? Sure, I can start with that one. Um, thanks for the question, Mardi. The um, the first thing you may try is um, before meditating, giving yourself a little face massage. Actually, um, I'm going to turn off my mic for a second and just demonstrate. that comes from um, the Tai Chi and Qigong lineage to do that kind of thing just for a moment or two before clicking in and sitting down the next is to um, let yourself maybe yawn or do another relaxation response in your face and then just allowing the best you can to soften around the tension. The tension itself might not want to relax, but if you find the edges of the tension in the face and relax around it, that can sometimes start to soften the whole thing. And finally, if it's, it's becoming distracting, it can also be helpful to intentionally Notice whatever response, emotional response, is happening to the tension and just acknowledge that. And then consciously bring the attention to the whole body, to the breath, and just allow it to be there, noticing how it is as it's there. So I hope that was helpful.
2: Great. Thank you. Hi. Thank you. Um, I know we went through a lot but I tend to, to have the same issue that like I've, I start to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't this time, but I started to be like in dreamland mm-hmm. like images. And even though I was not asleep body-wise, but the brain was kind of like, mm-hmm. like dreaming. Um, you mentioned about standing position for meditation. I never heard of that. And I think it would be good at least to know for me Avoid
1: the sleepiness. So, I didn't have time to do standing or lying down okay. during the posture segment, but the principle is to stand roughly keeping the feet hip width apart, just sort of like not your outer hip, but sort of under your hip points. And you, you're, anyone is welcome to try it now. Knees a little bit soft, that's the main key. If you lock your knees like this, you will eventually fall over so just a little bit soft as Tanya so beautifully described at the beginning of that meditation allowing your belly to be soft let the belly hang out and then again the whole principle of alignment eyes, it's helpful to have them at a roughly a 45 degree angle not down, not looking in particular at anything most people find it easier to do with their eyes open you are welcome to try it with your eyes closed for some people that's easy other people find they lose their balance and then you can just have your hands hanging at your sides if you want to have them clasp in front or behind you you can do that mm-hmm. and your head aligned over your shoulders all the rest of it is the same and it's a great posture to go to if you're sleepy or if you've got back pain some people find standing actually a more helpful posture and if anyone needs to see lying down tonight I'm happy to show you after class and then we'll model it next week it's it's the hardest posture it's the hardest posture by far but some people don't have a choice You're welcome. Thanks. So, um, I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about establishing a practice at home. So, I'm going to cover a couple of things. The first is the sort of overall approach. And the second is what you actually do, which Tanya covered it beautifully in some detail, but I'm going to reinforce sort of at a high level some high points. So first of all, it's like establishing any other new habit or new routine, right? So it's helpful to give yourself some structure and do a little bit of planning, it's nice to pick or create a designated spot in your space that's just for meditation or primarily for meditation. And ideally it's away from the comings and goings of the household, away from a lot of distracting things like televisions or computers or etc. Not a good idea to keep your smartphone right there, you know, some basic elements you can set it up in a comfortable way as you experiment with finding the meditation postures that work for you. And like, get yourself a timer, that kind of thing. And then, um, I would say, like, just even the corner of a room is fine. But just to have a spot you know you're going to go to and experiment around and find it. And it's okay to be creative. So, for example... A friend of mine had a horrible commute to work. He was a dedicated meditator, and he got up really early, so he flipped it. He he drove to work first, and then he meditated in the server room at his job because he knew no one was going to walk in there before work hours and disturb him. Um, Another friend who didn't have any time off work would go into the bathroom and meditate for 10 minutes because no one's going to bother you in there. So home is ideal, but there are other options, right? Most people find a consistent time of day is helpful. So just make it a routine and make it part of your routine. You know, like, get up, brush my teeth, go sit, something like that. And for many of us, as I just alluded to, first thing in the morning is really helpful. I would even say for most people. So maybe it's after the morning cup of tea, but definitely before the news, the email, the social media, all that kind of stuff. And that is helpful because our minds aren't quite as busy then and cluttered. So you can experiment for yourself. That is not a time that works for everyone. So find what works for you. A really helpful piece of advice I got early on was to commit to a flyby to my meditation spot every day one teacher of mine called it get your butt on the cushion even if it's just for one or two minutes often it will turn into more than one or two minutes and you can, you, know, you can commit to the 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 while you're considering what you're able to commit to also it's a good time to start proactively identifying any potential challenges that might come up for you if you know what they are, like one student of mine had a puppy, so one of her challenges was meditating with the puppy (laughs) and she learned that puppy walking happened before meditation, otherwise meditation didn't happen so, you know, just to kind of plan in the things you know might derail you there's also creating a contingency plan so, for example Maybe you want to meditate in the morning and for some reason it doesn't work that morning. It might be nice to have set aside the same amount of time in the evening as a backup plan to do that sit. And then if you do the morning practice, you either have the option of doing a second practice or you get an extra 20 minutes. Great, right? So to know what your own potential challenges are and to sort of troubleshoot them in advance a little bit. Maybe even enroll a friend or bring it up here in class. It's always okay to begin again if you miss a day. It's always okay. Missing a day, fine. Start the next day. And always start over. Start over. In general, not letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right? do what you can so then it's about establishing kind of intentional meditation sessions or what we often call in this scene formal meditation sessions pick your posture whatever it's going to be and then it's helpful to start off with a conscious reflection perhaps as Tanya brought up earlier why you're meditating why you're there and then I find it really helpful to set an intention or a resolve can't remember the language Tanya used but to be clear that this is a time for meditation to kind of tell my mind that so it doesn't go off and have a thinking party for 20 minutes, right but to set that intention to be present for moment to moment experience just the best you can It's also supportive to very intentionally then go through the more detailed setup of the meditation posture, whatever it is, like we did tonight. You know, softening the eyes, the tongue, aligning your body, maybe doing this. It's like you set up a little routine for yourself. And after not very long, that routine starts to tell your body, Oh, it's time to meditate. And you'll be amazed, your mind just starts to kind of go into that. It's again, setting up that little habit. It can be almost like a little ritual, right? And then at the end of each formal meditation session, to end with a conscious reflection, maybe reflecting back on how that was, how good it felt, how appreciative you are that it happened. And then something I neglected to say at the beginning is um, when you do set up your initial posture, when you do sit down, one of the most helpful things to keep in mind is an allowing, kind attitude. I think of it as the internal posture, the internal stance. Soft, appreciative, allowing. We learn a lot better that way. Just like if you're trying to teach a puppy to come and you whack it on the nose, it's not going to keep coming. If you give it a kind word, if we give our minds a kind word, when they come back, they like to come back more often. And then I'll just say finally, um, it's a real gift not to have big expectations at first. The first year I started meditating, I didn't realize what a gift it was at the time. That I had no expectations at all for what was supposed to happen on the cushion, other than that I was supposed to show up there and more or less follow my breath. And the reason I would started meditating was to deal with the physical issue. The physical issue did not get better But I kept meditating because I noticed the difference in the rest of my day. And that was enough. So now and then to stop and reflect back on, oh, how am I the days I meditate versus the days I don't? Not to get too fussy about it or do it too often, but to just check in. The Dalai Lama has a quote about checking in on meditative progress said we should do it regularly at least every five to seven years so to not be too hard on ourselves if we're not noticing changes right away so those are some thoughts about establishing the practice at home and with that we're going to go into another short guided meditation another one So, um, finding yourself a comfortable posture, being balanced, aligned, a balance between relaxation and alertness, and setting the intention to be present for your moment-to-moment experience. Mm. Softening, the eyes, the tongue, the body. You're noticing the sensations in this body throughout the whole body at first, warmth or cool, pressure, contraction or relaxation. And then especially attuning, tuning in to the sensations of your body breathing wherever it's most obvious and comfortable for you. Breathing is the home base or anchor, the object of attention. Another tether to the moment. That can be helpful is to very softly in the mind use a single word or a short phrase acknowledging breathing in when breathing in and breathing out when breathing out If you're noticing the breath at the belly or the chest it could be rising on the in-breath falling on the out-breath or simply in on the in-breath and out on the out-breath. Keeping most of the attention on the sensations, the lived experience of this breath, a very light touch to the note. these notes are one kind of intentional thinking thinking that is supportive to staying in the present moment you may notice other thinking swirling around in there That's okay, minds think. The invitation is to allow all other thoughts of then and there, future and past, to fade into the periphery, the background. And allow awareness of breathing, awareness of this moment, to be in the forefront of attention, the foreground. And try it silently for a few minutes together. And I'll chime in again near the end. You find your attention has wandered. Appreciate the return of awareness and gently, kindly return your attention to this moment, this present. So we have another little while for questions, comments. We'd love to hear what you noticed. Do you have any questions about what's come up so far in the class? Questions about establishing a practice at home? Yes, please.
3: Uh, This is perfect. So I'm happy to... Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel like falling asleep this time. So yeah, so that was good. That's, it. That's just a comment.
1: Great. Finding the right sitting gear can go a long way.
2: Hi, I did the standing meditation for, my, for the first time in my life. And um, what I noticed is I'm way more aware of the breathing and my body and my body started gently rocking, like when I was inhaling or exhaling. And it was, and I didn't go into the dream world or anything. It was just breathing and and body awareness. Mm. I really like it. I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna keep it. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Wonderful.
0: It's great. You both experimented, you know, and um, you know. No two meditations are exactly alike. So, yes. you know, keep keep noticing and adapting as you need to. You know, try different things, and so that it's fairly comfortable. Giving yourself permission to kind of, oh, even checking in before you're going to meditate. Uh, what kind of a state am I in? How's my body? How's my back today? You know, am I tired? You know, and yeah, just just tuning in tuning in and adjusting very good yeah
4: hi thank you Um, I was just going to say that I could definitely feel a difference after these two small meditation sessions and the past week my anxiety has been pretty bad which usually affects, like, my appetite. Like, I don't get hungry. Um, And this past one, I was, like, worried about my stomach growling, which I was like, that's good, I guess, because maybe it relieved just a little bit of that anxiety enough to revive my appetite. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I did have a question as well, um, especially when it comes to meditating at home, which I've been trying to do more often, definitely not every day yet but I struggle a lot with having it be as effective as coming here in person and hearing someone talk to me and kind of refocus my mind Um, and there's some things I do like I try to listen to some of the recorded sessions on YouTube uh, other sessions that are more guided so that I can incorporate that but I just it still doesn't feel like I'm able to relax and let go and focus as much as I am in person here. So I was just curious if there's any advice or steps towards getting there um, at home.
0: Welcome to
2: the club. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So what Tanya alluding to is that many of us find it easier to meditate in a group even if there's not someone giving the guidance. There's just something about the group field, we call it. the Being together with a lot of people who are doing the same thing. Um, you may have something more to add. I'll just briefly say that they are different experiences and there's value to both so to keep doing both um, learning from meditation teachers and hearing the guidance begins to build your own internal voice and your own internal process for dropping into meditation and it's kind of like training wheels like you don't always want to have the training wheels on sometimes you want to ride the bike without the wheels even though you're maybe a little wobblier Because it does build a capacity.
0: Tanya, do you have anything to add to that? Maybe sometimes it's good to have the training wheels. You know, just to say that too. That, you know, if you find yourself highly anxious or obsessed about something or angry, those are really good times to choose the guidance, right? Right. Even if you've been riding solo for a while, so mm-hmm. just just to um, say yes, absolutely, Don. What you said is beautiful, and I agree. We need both experiences. You know, we learn and we integrate. And um, and again, this adjusting, you know, sort of checking in. What do I need right now? You know, what I'm kind of calm. Maybe I can do it on my own tonight. You know, um, or looking at how long you're doing it for as well. So, um, giving yourself a sense of like I can do five minutes i'm I really feel confident I can do five minutes and and having some experiences being confident, you know maybe it 's hard, but and maybe you cry, maybe whatever, but you can get through five minutes, you know you can get through five minutes you know and do that for a while, and then maybe it, it's like, okay, I can probably do seven or ten, you know, and just sort of working with yourself um, And giving yourself some experience of confidence. You know, it doesn't have to be amazing. Just I can okay, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, Anne Rose. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Would you demonstrate that? I'm going to take
1: the mic off completely. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hold on. Just to name that, this comes from a different meditation lineage that I started before I was a Buddhist meditator, which is I was a Tai Chi practitioner for many years. Mm-hmm. So this isn't in the Buddha's instructions. It, it comes from that lineage. It's helpful to yawn and then Showing, Yes, as I said, you don't have to do it in that order. That's a series of things you can do. And you can also invent for yourself. Like a lot of people have tension right at your jaw. This can feel really good to do. But I guess the general principle is just to kind of take care of yourself for a minute or two as you're settling into meditation. Like it might not need to be face massage for you. Some of us need to just like massage our shoulders for a second. Like Tanya was saying, a couple of shoulder rolls can feel really good if you've been at the computer desk all day. So to just honor your body before you go into complete stillness, that's kind of why I tend to do this rocking
0: thing and like a little bit of a wiggle first. I actually really like to walk before I meditate. It really, really helps me a lot to just to do a twenty minute walk, come back down and just sit. And I just it's like there's so much aliveness in my body, it really helps me be present. Yeah. Don't overeat before you sit down. <laughs> or, what's that? Right. You <laughs> fall asleep, right? You just your system just
1: shuts down. Yeah. Some people find stretching right before sitting to be really helpful. I did that for many years before I sat. I would do the walk and then stretch and then sit. Mm-hmm. Then your body just feels so good, it makes it a lot easier to focus on the body when the body's feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your own little routine.
0: I, no, no hands up right now. I just want to highlight something that Dawn said. I just it's worth repeating the inner sort of what was how did, the, the inner posture. posture. She like she used the word the inner posture. How are we tuning into ourselves? This is so important. This is that idea of the the naturalist. How would a, a naturalist respond if I got sleepy? You can always ask yourself, you know? What, how am I relating to my own experience? This is incredible, important support for your meditation. If you are being a harsh inner critic, you are going to just get more and more tense and stressed and feel like you're doing it all wrong. So maybe in that beginning when you're sitting down, kind of invite... Um, Invite yourself to connect with a mindset, a voice, a person, a a figure, some some way of being that you know kind of will help you be present, wise, and compassionate. Right? Like non-reactive, non-judgmental, accepting, but, you know, not codependent and, and indulging either. Right? That creating that kind of inner environment is incredibly important.
1: Yeah. I'll just lift up. Tanya has used the metaphor of naturalist really beautifully a few times. That playful experimentation. Experimentation. Exploration. You can't get it wrong. Just get interested. Get interested That's, that's a, another Really helpful internal posture or Internal stance to take Is um, It's always okay to start over And reboot the experiment Shift the posture Change the location Reset the attitude
0: Shall we? Shall we wrap up, or does anyone have anything else they want to share, or reflect, or ask? Do you want to do the kind of oh, pointing yeah, to the sorry. handout and the homework?
1: Just noticed my name is on the closing. <coughs> <laughs> This is the handout for our first week. It was on the little table as you walked in where the masks were. Those of you watching on YouTube, you can go to audiodharma.org and a PDF of this handout is in the Intro to Mindfulness Meditation series that will be posted shortly after this session is over. So, um, it has some really useful information and then it has some instruction on mindfulness and breathing I like to read that and as I'm sitting and then just sort of close my eyes and sit and kind of let the words percolate and then on the back I'm sorry, the instructions on the back the top of the back is also the homework yes, there's homework in this class <laughs> should you choose to accept it and that is to do a 20-minute Session of meditation each day. Okay. And um, the second bit of homework is to remain mindful during some kind of routine activity. Washing your hands, washing the dishes, brushing your teeth, taking a walk, like a simple walk, maybe to the bus st- or wherever, right? But to just be in a simple way, present unaware and then the third thing is for one half hour period sometime during the week pay careful attention to your posture as you go through your activities and without straining take a posture that's alert and upright relaxed just like we were talking about with the meditation postures and just notice what happens your mood, your thought, your feelings what happens to your internal world as you bring more attention to your posture so that's your mission should you choose to accept it and um, the recordings are available on youtube and on audiodharma.org if you want to refresh yourself on any of this stuff so thank you very much for coming tonight, for being with us, live or online. And It's a real delight to have you and your presence and your questions and your interest. I so appreciate that you're interested in learning about this.